Hello? 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 Hi. Hey, sorry about that. I don't I, know what happened there. I ended up just downloading the app. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I am sorry to, that it was such a, it was bigger hassle. Usually it's a lot easier than that. Um, but cool. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Glad I'm here too. Uh, so first off, I kind of wanted to start off by saying that this is kind of a different one because you're not sober, correct? Well, I've... like you're you're straight edge, right. but you're not like in recovery or anything. No, no, no. I've never okay. had. I, I don't have that experience. Okay, um, but you I, you mentioned um, earlier that you your boyfriend or husband? Yes. Well, my boyfriend in high school's family were half of them were in recovery okay cool so you have some we're, we're we have some familiarity with it oh oh yeah i mean they're, i cool. mean they had these giant parties and stuff and aa was a giant a central part of their universe awesome awesome and, yeah. all right first off what's your name uh kelly leonard and what do you do i i could tell everyone but i would like you to share I do. I do a couple of things. I'm. Cool. Uh, I own a small business that makes uh, pinback buttons and stickers and magnets. Uh, it's called Just Buttons. And then I also run um, xsisterhoodx.com, which is a straight edge community zine. I don't even know what to call it anymore, but that's that's <laughs> how it started. Well, I was actually looking at your bio just now because I wanted to go, kind of go through um, and. I do remember like in 20, how long has it been around? Cause I see, I see 2011 as your site was hacked, but like, how long has it been around? Cause I feel like I know this name. The, the idea for X sisterhood X began, I believe in around uh, 2014, I got okay. involved in 2015 and okay. the ownership changed hands then. Okay. And uh, the girl who had started it and was running it, she, does not want her name associated with it at all okay uh, okay we'll not get into that <laughs> that's doesn't seem like a, a top, i mean it's 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 not part of your story um well i mean it is but like when it wasn't anything acrimonious okay. she just had okay. a very <laughs> unique name and she was like please please just remove it can you strike it from the record and i was like sure that's no problem okay good i was like oh man this is a touchy subject oh, no, no, I don't no. Get <laughs> no no it was just it was just that i think like you know she grew up and she's like just not her thing yeah i've met i've met quite a few people because i'm straight edge too but i've met quite a few people who like are straight edge but like don't really say anything anymore or kind of like i guess have grown out of the term mm -hmm. and they're just like it's too much to explain so <laughs> i i totally i, I can see that um so what i i have talked about straight edge before on my podcast but can you tell us a little bit about straight edge what it means to me what it means to you yes oh. i mean like what like the i guess like the overall concept of it and then what it means to you because i i feel like it is very a very personal kind of thing I, I think people have very different relationships with straight edge and being someone that grew kind of up in straight edge uh in the um, mid 90s I think that I my experience is shared with a lot of people in the mid '90s, which isn't actually shared with people today. But it means you, you don't drink, you don't smoke, and you don't do drugs. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that gets tacked onto it 
that is just some of it's just ridiculous. But those I think are the I most people can agree on those three things. Um, yeah, sure. I I definitely do feel in that. They're like I definitely I, like I I definitely identify with the first three. Um, I know that like there are like you said, there's like things that get added on, which I I know only of a few. Um, but I know that there's like some branches of the straight edge community that kind of go real extreme um you could say that i I mean but like no i i would i would definitely characterize it as extreme i mean it's it can it could it it gets to the point where you gotta look at it what 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 why why did it come about and it's almost looking at the constitution and saying like what were the framers thinking i don't i don't think anybody ever thought that you were going to add caffeine and tylenol to the list of things not to do like that's not what the intention (laughs) was at all so i I think tylenol tylenol is a new one for me i haven't heard tylenol i have heard caffeine and you know like earth crisis with you know vegan straight edge stuff like that um know all about that stuff but i've never heard tylenol that's very interesting oh i mean i mean if you look at any of the boards that exist like you know facebook and even back uh, years ago when message boards were really popular it was just a common thing it's like well is ibuprofen Agno, mm. is that is that edge you're it's a drug it's technically a drug it's like oh my god oh <laughs> uh, it's the technicalities just get so very yeah um so how long have you been straight edge and how did you find out about straight edge and what like what's your story of what we call in the straight edge community claiming edge <laughs> this sounds terrible right you can't say it without sounding like a tool um, yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly it's, it's like when it's people very... say like they're like i'm a straight edger you just sound so <laughs> awful to come out of your mouth um, i was I... talking to somebody the other day sorry to interrupt you no, i was talking but... to somebody the other day and they were like i was like oh yeah i'm straight edge and they're like that's still a thing i was like yeah it's still a thing like it's part of society Sort but of. it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh man, you haven't grown up. I'm like, oh yeah, well. <laughs> no, no. Why Here I am. All right, so go ahead. Sorry. All right, so I was uh, going into my sophomore year, so I was still 14 at the time because I have a my where my birthday lies, and I had um, met a boy at a you know doing physicals at my mom's school, and he was a drummer, and he had nothing to do with hardcore and nothing to do with straight edge at the time. Um, but he was really into like prog rock and he was in this awful uh, progressive rock band. And it was Dream Theater was his favorite <laughs> band. And <laughs> so we, we started dating and um, we were at his house and the Nate right down the street was this uh, another a local hardcore band was practicing. This guy's inner dam and their drummer, for whatever reason, I can't remember the reason, could no longer play with them. And he was like, well, I'm a drummer and I'm right here. And they're like, well, yeah, let's let's play. So then he was in this band, Inner Dam. And their singer was this guy, uh, John Vista. And he was a bit older than us. And he was straight edge. And he started, you know, basically telling us about it. And then he started making me these mixtapes. And I remember them really, really clearly because they were on these clear cassette tapes because somebody's dad worked for Yellow, Yellow Freight and give all their truck drivers these tapes. And we would erase them and put whatever we could find on them. We'd you know, record <laughs> off the rate. Like the local college radio station would have like a metal and hardcore punk night. And we'd just record like crazy to, you know, try to get every track. 
And uh, he made me like 10 or 15 of these mixtapes. And they were just fantastic. And from that moment, I was like, oh, this, this is it. This makes so much sense. And my boyfriend, um, his name was Chris. His mom and brother were both in recovery. And mm-hmm. uh, it resonated with him because he grew up with a, an alcoholic mother and a, a drug abusing brother. And, you know, it just was like, oh, well, this this totally fits his kind of, you know, oh, oh drugs are bad. Alcohol is bad. This works. And then that's that, you know, by the time I was 15, I was like, I'm straight edge. And then I started looking for other people who were straight edge. And that's how I came upon the like this little ex sisterhood ex idea, which Mm. was like a more like a discussion board, like uh, all via email. You know, you get like a list Mm. of emails in from all these girls from all over like the world, essentially just chatting. And, And that's that's and we, you know, we ended up dating for like four and a half years. So, wow. So you got you you put through some like pretty deep throwbacks in there. <laughs> I gotta like go. I gotta like unpack some of oh. it. Um, so first off, you recorded on cassette tapes, which is awesome. <laughs> um, what, do you remember what you had put? What, what kinds of things you recorded, and what was on those mixtapes? Well, there was a look. The Vassar College Radio was um, the radio station we could get. And so they had, they would have these punk nights, you know, college students playing the music that they liked. So we would just listen to those radio shows and just record them religiously. Cool. So it could be, it could be like the local punk bands because they would play a lot of that. And I grew up in Orange County, New York, and we had a really kind of vibrant punk hardcore scene. So, you know, when 99 Cents was playing everybody, that was like my first punk rock show was to go see 99 Cents. And it was just this, you know, it was a very big deal at the time. But, you know, we were situated right between like, you know, easy drive to New York City or by train or just as easy to get to Albany. So, mm. you know, it was we had a really, you know, great time. And and because Chris was in this hardcore band that were kind of like hometown heroes, they played with a lot of bigger bands. So we got to go to a lot of bigger shows. And I have no idea why my parents let me do any of that. Yeah, it's I feel like anybody who is in the who gets in the punk scene especially like this is not like you know no prejudice towards like like new york or anything but like especially in new york i hear kids like talk about their shows in new york and growing up in new york and like being in the hardcore scene and i'm like man that's like nothing like where i grew like grew up at all like it's totally a different like feel like i i for me it was like a 20 minute drive to go to a a venue or something like Mm -hmm. that you know, and like New York, you're taking like subway and car and all these different, you know, ways and it's just such a different every every I love the scene because it's like it's so different in every city. Mm-hmm. But like New York is like part of the Mecca, you know, if you will, like hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool. That's super cool. And um, so I, I asked you the question about the the tapes and then the other there was something else you added that I was like, oh, oh, the the discussion board. That's cool. That's super cool. But did you like do AOL? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Is that where we are? No, I mean, it was like, it was more like actual forums, maybe more similar to what Reddit is today, Mm. but in a less kind of like gross way. But I mean, I guess it was pretty gross. Um, But there, you know, we had even Red X had, we had our own discussion board and it was and for a while it was pretty like vibrant there was we had a core group of people and we talked to each other all the time 
And I think if you went and looked at the internet, most of those boards kind of disappeared right when kind of Facebook took off, you know, and it kind of just wiped all these smaller uh, communities out, like completely. They just disappeared because everybody was on Facebook. It wasn't so much MySpace, but when Facebook came out, it was like gone. Yeah, I I think I I feel like MySpace really helped bolster and help like push hardcore bands and like hardcore, like straight edge bands. Mm A lot of it, um, like, helped get the advertising out there. But I do remember, like, when I was younger, I remember we had some boards, too. And by the time that, like, Facebook did take hold, you're right. Like, I feel like a lot of those, like, core discussion groups kind of dissipated. And, like, uh, or did, I don't even know. I'm not sure. Because I remember when I was in the scene back in Tucson, that they had like they had their own board mm-hmm. and then it just kind of fell apart and it was towards the rise of like facebook and all those different types of avenues yeah they just, um, it just it just like disappeared yeah yeah, yeah. I, I you bring up a very interesting point that i haven't like thought of in a really really long time now i'm trying to like remember all the different ones that i was a part of because there was there was a lot of them um, but in Facebook, but cool, and then you like well, Facebook for how it all it connects everybody. It also keeps you pretty isolated in a way because it picks and chooses what you see. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're not, you don't know what to you're looking for. You might not just happen upon it. Very, very true. That is, it is very true, and it's like and the way that algorithms. I mean, we're gonna get we're getting off into a tangent, but like, <laughs> like with the way the algorithms are set up, like whatever you search on your phone eventually gets ends up on your you know, like what you see and just how, you know, your search, your search engine will be and like all that crazy stuff. It's, it's a bummer. It really is a bummer because those were really fun. And I I mean, do you think that you connected to a lot of people like throughout that time? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, it was crazy because I, I, a bunch of stuff happened all at once. Like the website got taken down with hackers. Like actually both my websites did because it was a big mess. And uh, I was having a baby and all this stuff happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years goes by and I'm like, well, I, you know, I got the means and the, I can, I can do this. I can reboot. So I re I reset everything up and I didn't know what to expect. And what was really interesting was how many people uh, that used to post or had profiles or wrote for ex sisterhood X in early two thousands and into the 1990s. We're still around and super stoked and excited. And, and we're like, oh, I was there when you were posting in here. Or I remember when you did this. Or, and it was, it's really great that all these people that I networked with and talked to 10 or 15 years ago are, are still here doing the same exact thing. That's really cool. That's really mind-blowing, too. I mean, like, I, I feel like, you know, to, like, my own story of, like, my friend asking me if it was still a thing, like, there is, like, some real beauty of that that like people still remain who they are within like this community because like straight edge is a in my opinion is an incredibly strong force and it's a positive force like it's made to be i feel like it's made to be positive i i don't disagree um, i mean i think the 90s were awful uh, i you know i i've gone back and watched some of those documentaries and and news broadcasts about it and i was just yeah. like oh it's so cringy it's just how did i <laughs> how did we survive they're, they're, I, I mean like it's pretty it's pretty amazing but but you know I, I was we were talking about this with the group I we have a discord and we were discussing you know 
where is it going? It does it have a future? Mm. I mean, are there where are the kids? You know, when mm. I look at the metrics and I look at you know in the social media sphere, you know, only like less than one percent of the people that are engaging with the stuff that we're doing, at least, are you know under twenty four. Mm. The vast majority fall into the twenty four to like thirty eight year old range. I mean, that's like the prime age of when Straight Edge was like. I am I, at least like I'm not like looking at stats or anything, but like a lot of my friends who are are like in their tw- like mid twenties to mid thirties yeah. or above, hmm. which makes me practically grandma. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I feel like, I mean, do you do you think that there's a reason for that? I really, I, have, I, you, have you guys? I don't know. I mean, I've been trying to figure it out. I've I've been talking to different groups of people, just trying to get a an idea. And I wonder if it has something to do with, um, you know, when when I was growing up, when I was involved in the hardcore scene and 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 whatnot, there were zines. There were people that were really excited mm-hmm. about music. It was difficult to get the music, so when you could get it, it was it was mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, I remember picking up at my our local like pharmacy a copy of cmj and just being really excited because it's all independent artists and mm. i think maybe because you know you have Bandcamp and spotify and you just have this like kind of steady stream of music nothing is as exciting and nobody's you know where are the zines where are the kids writing about it where are the kids getting more and more involved when they just have this kind of like steady stream like right into their brains yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So I wonder, I, I, you know, it's it's surprising to me if you do a search, you're not finding too, too many people writing about bands and music as much on the smaller level. You have these big, massive sites, but you don't have these like startups, yeah. these, you know, photocopied, thrown together. That was and, a good time. You know, that kind of art of sitting down and like pasting everything together and photocopying mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I definitely, I could see that for sure. I mean, like, I, like I'm in my early 30s and I remember when like street teams were a thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like bands would have street teams and like I remember being a part of like the poison the well street <laughs> team and like right you know yeah. like different you know different there's like and I'm sure you know because you know it, it's like every there were like core this is like a bunch of redundant words but like core hardcore labels that had like their bands that were like they were trying to push. Well, well not only that. Like, had... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no. um, basically, well, they had like their they had like bands that were trying to push, and they do like the uh, street teams to like help both like push them up and like give them like the advertisement. And I remember like my friends who were on street teams, like we thought we were the shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was real special to be like oh man I wrote to Poison the Well and they sent me this kit of stuff like demos Mm -hmm. to like give people and like that was really exciting and I remember that was a a huge appeal for me like as a kid but well so in college I joined the WNHU 88.7 it was the radio station at the University of New Haven and I was on the metal and hardcore night every Saturday night I did a metal and hardcore show um and I would record it and actually stream it on X Sisterhood X. And I, after becoming a DJ for a while, I became the metal and hardcore director. And my job was to talk to all the labels and their reps. And mm. they would tell me what they wanted me to play. And I would tell them, you know, I would 
either tell them I can't play that or yeah, we'll see, or they'd send us all kinds of stuff. And uh, CMJ dissolved. It doesn't, you know, the College Music Journal, which is where you would chart every week where you would send all this independent information. And they were like, you know, the college version of the billboard charts. It's, it's just disappeared. You know, they, they went out of business. So mm. like kind of like this central hub of independent music kind of just disappeared one day. Yeah, that's strange. That's a very, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I feel like there needs to be more and more investigation. In that. <laughs> like, like really? Cause I, I mean, you're bringing up a lot of things that I just am, can, am now kind of being super nostalgic and like thinking of all the ways that I obtained music. And it wasn't, it was just, it was harder than what it is now. You know, like I think it's been pretty rad that like bands are like putting out cassette tapes and like, well, like different versions of the way to inject the music in your system. And I think it's that like, it reminds me of back in the day of just like having you know bands releasing exclusive things and like i don't know there's some special aspect of it that like really resonates with me now but definitely 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 mm-hmm. um let's see well so how long have you been straight let's get back to the straight check so you you claimed when you're 15 so it's to be 26 then, years this year holy cow and you've never wanted have you ever have you ever broke nope. or no nope, not at all uh, Wow. Uh, okay. So how does, I feel like, I know people who have, who are like that too, who have like been straight edge since they were kids. Um, what's that like? What did you do, I guess, in growing up? Because when you're growing up and you're like 15, right? So that you said you were 15, yep. right? So when you're 15 and you're like, claiming straight edge you surround yourself like i'm imagining you're like you surround did you surround yourself with people who were just like-minded straight edge as well or no, no not at all different? i mean i grew up in uh pine bush new york um which is coincidentally uh they like to claim that the ufo capital but um hmm. it's 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 what it sounds like it's just this little farm town and they'd have these big field parties and everybody was doing acid and getting drunk. And that was all my friends. And they were still my friends. And I just didn't mm. do that. But I also, you know, my my world really revolved around, you know, that boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And he was straight edge. And every weekend was really like we were going to shows. So, you know, mm. my friends were out going to parties. We were going to hardcore shows. So it wasn't, it really wasn't difficult or hard for me at all because I had this other world that I went to that was completely mm-hmm. yeah, separate. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's huge. I, I mean, none of my friends, I mean, I had a couple friends who were strange and I believe like two of them, like two or three of them are still. But I remember like having like separate friends who did who were that way, and then like my girlfriend at the time when I was when I was a teenager like didn't do that. So it's like I looking back as like a teenage teenager, like I can imagine that having another person in your life who is like intimate with you on so many levels, mm-hmm. like having this like shared experience is super 
uh, like impactful to the way that you interact with like everything. Yeah, it really was never anything I struggled with. And I think that that is my my husband. He's not straight edge, um, but he doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. He just he just he doesn't feel comfortable with the label or anything like that. I think he likes to leave the door cracked just in case, you know, mm-hmm. um, I talk about it because it's like I've never struggled with addiction. And I've no, I have a very different relationship with straight edge than somebody who has struggled. And it's very personal. Like the differences, you know, for how much they are the same, there are those differences. So someone like me who's never, ever had a struggle is like, well, it's not an issue. I don't even think about it. But then there are people that are like, well, I kind of want that. You know, it's a struggle. The straight edge, the idea of straight edge keeps them kind of, it gives them maybe a community or, or a, a sense of a place of belonging where it's okay. Like, like that old saying, it's okay not to drink. And it, you know, yeah. So my relationship with what straight edge is is it's not a anything I ever have to think about because it's become so much of just a part of who I am. That makes sense. I can I, I, I that's like that's partially. I mean, I kind of I, I feel like when I when I dip my toes, especially because this is a sober and recovery right. podcast primarily, but like I'm also straight edge so like i've done this rendition of this podcast a few times but i do like talking to people who just like never have that drive because it's not necessarily like i'm not i like at the end of the day i'm not like addicted to alcohol or drugs like i don't think about any of that shit like ever like none of it none of it phases me it's just almost like second nature like my addiction is more of like an emotional kind of cognitive thing but it's like I'm fascinated by people who just have never who have either never done it or just like, you know, when they just picked up and were like, you know, what, I'm like not going to drink and I'm not going to do this. And that's it. Because like I hear the stories of straight like of straight edge like bands and um, just members of bands who, you know, have their like revelation of like, you know, this is what happened. And then I was just like, I'm not going to do it. Um and so I just like it's interesting people when I meet people who just like like yeah I'm straight edge and like I just have like no urge at all or I have no like like militant mind like it, it like I just feel like that straight edge in itself kind of like can has that group of people who are like gatekeepers or like people who are like super angry and like about it <laughs> I guess <laughs> I think I think um, people get excited about the idea and and then I think it, it falls it becomes that like um they get overzealous right almost like people with certain religions yes. like hey i have this great thing and i want to share it with everybody and here are all the rules <laughs> you're like whoa wait a minute <laughs> that is not how this is supposed to work <laughs> like, you know, I, yeah, I don't I mean, know if you remember but there was like there was itself. like that bing bring back prohibition group and there was all this like you mm-hmm. know you know basically you're gonna be straight edge or we're going to harm you in some way which was like how is that a good message that's not going to make anybody like be like oh yeah you're right you guys are awesome (laughs) you should totally do it i remember well i remember my brother he's six years older than me and he told me i remember when i was a kid i was i remember telling him like i'm gonna be straight edge and i like he was just like told me these horror stories because he was this um this like you know whatever i don't even know like skinhead punk who's not racist mm-hmm. skinhead punk and he was like 
you know, I've met some straight edge guys and like, there's this one guy they like beat down and like carved an X in his back. And I was like, I don't Dude, know if I want to do that. That was definitely like, on the news. <laughs> right? I was like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be a part of that thing. But like, you know, I, I feel like the more appealing it is. And I, so for the stuff that you do now, like I've, I've read some of your, some of the articles that you guys, that you've done um, with your, with your writers. Um, what is the, what is the main, I guess, purpose, I guess, I guess maybe purpose, but like within the realm of straight edge, cause you're like tacking on X sisterhood X, which is, I don't, do you consider it a straight edge blog? In a way, I mean, it's or always like, been okay. community-based. Its idea is okay. to kind okay. of get people to connect and relate to each other. And when I was a kid and getting involved in hardcore, it there's a lot of guys. And, you know, those guys aren't always very nice to you. And, you know, at least when I don't see I'm older now so my my lens is a bit different and I I don't I just don't give a fuck anymore you know I I don't but when I was a kid it was just like well if I go to a show and I dress too much too feminine I'm a whore and I'm a slut and I'm only there uh because I want to get a guy if I go to a show and I dress too much like the guys or I, I don't do what I'm supposed to, you know, then I'm, you know, I'm, I, I become a target, right? They, they, they hit me and I don't want, I don't want to get yeah. hit. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I know some people really enjoy that in hardcore. I, I, I don't, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not fun for me. I want to go because I like the music and it was always like, well, you sure you like the music? I was like, well, why wouldn't I? Yeah. And then it would become a, a quiz. You know, well, what was this track on this album? And who's your favorite band? And and it, it, it and that carried on to when I was on the radio. I would have guys call me and quiz me on my knowledge of music. They're like, well, who's making your playlist? I'm like, me. Who else is at a college <laughs> radio station? Who else is going to make my playlist? That's you know, up. so it's, that's so yeah. It was it was to create like a space, just like Carl's space. It's like you don't you don't have to be anybody else but who you are. But there are other people here who are going to be like, we accept you. You, know, you have yeah. these, you've had these experiences, validate the experience and say, yeah, you can definitely be exactly who you are, dress exactly the way you want to dress or think the way you want to think. And you can still be straight edge and you can still like hardcore or punk or whatever other genre of music you, you find yourself into. But it was, it was, it was pretty, um, you know, it was like the whole no clit in the pit kind of attitude that, yeah that... yeah yeah i remember that i haven't heard damn i haven't oh, heard you're that just a coat such... rack? like your job when you showed up at a show was to hold the guy's coats mm-hmm. you know it... <laughs> oh, that's why that's why yeah, that's why I... we existed that's why we, we were looking for like a you know it, it, it was it was rough i mean i yeah i you're just like jogging so many memories and i do think uh yeah i i i'm just remembering all the different types of things that i've seen and i think you might be right in a way with like the lens like i like i i would don't when i go to a show now it's like totally different like i see it through this lens of like this music is is awesome and i love it and i enjoy like i this is like my you know for lack of a better term this is like my church mm-hmm. this is like my 
like place of like where I get a release and like when I was a kid and a teenager um a young adult even like there was like something that was like uh, you know like you something you have to mm-hmm. prove almost you know like there's like that mentality and so now as an adult I'm just like I'm a dad and I'm like I don't give a shit like you do whatever you want you could stand in the back of the room or you know do whatever you know like but there was like so, there there's so much of that um under underdeveloped um set of mind like that I had that was just like you know always wanting I guess wanting to be seen or like wanting to prove myself like the in hardcore that's a lot of it right it was like pr- like a lot of songs are about proving and you know being like standing up for what you believe but then I, it, it rubs off in a weird way in the or, or, you know there's the all the songs thing. about brotherhood and unity and then it was mm-hmm. there was a lot of gatekeeping right there was a lot of but not you <laughs> you're <laughs> no, not part know, of our crew you don't belong here you need to get out like it was it was a really funny thing i mean you gotta remember like you know you, you had guys like rick to life just like screaming about that shit i mean he was not anymore but he was a, he was like a king for a while you know mm. and it was it was looking back a little weird but it was all about brotherhood unity respect you know you could you could make a song right mm-hmm. now just repeating that crap over and over and over again Oh yeah, but it didn't. Yeah, oh for sure. But what did and it I, mean? It, it was all. It was, did it really mean anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could. I could. I could talk to you hard about hardcore forever because I'm. I love hardcore. <laughs> it's, you know, it's. It is this like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's part of my soul in so many ways, and like, it's seeing all those different things. Like, I I think that's what's, what's interesting to me about this is like when I saw when I when I started doing this podcast a couple years back I when I did see X sisterhood X pop up I was like oh shit I remember that name and I wanted to check it out and I think that's that's super cool because it's like bringing back that old school feel of like you know just like making moves when you need to make moves and like you know I, I do remember a lot of girls in the hardcore scene growing up for me that were like um you know, like banded together because there's just so many, so much misogyny within the, within the scene that it got overwhelming and like, they didn't want to go to shows with us or they, you know, like there, it wasn't necessarily us, but it was like other people from like out of, like out of towners. And it was just um, a lot of proving you know. yourself. It really, you really had to. Yeah. It's all, but, but it's like every, yeah, yeah. It was, it took a lot of energy, but like right now the focus, like that I've been focusing on is really just profiling these different girls and women and their stories, who they are, why they're straight edge, why, you know, all their different pieces that make straight edge, straight edge from the lens of, of someone who identifies as female. Right. So, you know, we are doing that, that profiles. I mean, really it's just, there's people who are in recovery in different various stages of recovery, right. Brand new to recovery to someone who's, been you know hasn't touched alcohol in 20 years to so someone who's never ever touched alcohol and they're from all over the world and so you see this kind of like tapestry being woven about how even though we're different we all have this kind of undercurrent as the same mm-hmm. but you know really what's really interesting to me is just that how different my experience is versus someone who who is new to recovery you know because mm-hmm. i don't struggle yeah. You know. I mean, I think I think what's super cool about what you're doing and I've I 
have this thought within like the recovery world is that like a lot of the and maybe i'm looking through a narrow lens but a lot of the um like instagram famous people or the people who are like doing these bigger things for recovery are primarily uh women and they have pod like there's other podcasters and there's a lot of like major um players within that but then you go to the hardcore scene and like what you were saying earlier was is is so spot on it's like there is this there has been and i don't necessarily know how much of it is now because i'm not true like i consider myself in the scene but not really in the scene like i was um there was so much of that uh the proving piece but like there was a lot of that like questioning of any female or anybody who identified as female like in the scene of like questioning of them of like are you really into hardcore or are you really are you really here for the right reasons like that's really what it came down to is like are you here because why are you here and it was, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was met with a lot of skepticism, you know, it was met with a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, side eyes and, and shade. And you're just like, well, I mean, why else would I, it's not like you guys are, you smell good or anything, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like we dress well. I mean, <laughs> oh my like, God. You're looking at old pictures. And... I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that like in this world because like and what i've met within the recovery world is that there are people who consider them sober themselves sober but like don't focus on like certain growth aspects like there are a few and i'm not gonna like ever i'm like i'm I'm not gonna like knock anybody ever but like there are a few but like again there's a few and there's i feel like the same kind of goes within the hardcore scene and with you know like there there's like a, a like a like an oversaturation of men within hardcore mm-hmm. and straight it. And even within like companies, like I feel like a lot of the companies that pop up on my Instagram or my Facebook or any kind of thing are male dominated straight edge companies. And then they always, uh, clothing I, always I find too with those companies, they, they like to include like weaponry and violence and a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I'm not 100% comfortable with that. I, you know, I'm also not 100% comfortable with the concept of purity in relation to straight edge. Mm-hmm. I, that is something that just, you know, I, I think inadvertently is telling somebody that you're better than them because you are pure. And, yes. and I, I just don't feel that that's the best message. And, you know, I get it. I get why you say that. I just, I just I think it just might be a little too much. At least for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's dive into that then. So one of the questions that I wanted to talk to you about is, so is basically this. So in straight edge, you're, you know, no alcohol, no, no drugs. <laughs> um, and there, there's like this huge thing of like breaking edge and like in the recovery world, it's a relapse, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically being like, Oh, I'm going to like go off and, you know, fuck off for a second and then come back like people do come back some people don't but like some people who do honestly do struggle like you said like you don't struggle but other people do and i think that there's like this at least people that i know who are straight edge and are sober or not either or like either one or the other like have this this strange kind of relationship with it because they're like well i don't want to like 
break edge or like I don't want to like relapse or something like that and then like have to go through these hoops which they're like all part of our imagination Mm -hmm. right like there's no real hoops but like there's like a huge part of the straight edge community that's like gatekeeping of like oh if you break edge you're like fucked and you can't you know come back from that how do you how do you see that within I guess your own version of straight edge and I mean I guess let's let's talk about this what what is Sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little scattering. Um, what is, what is your, your version of straight edge? What does it mean to you? To me, it's a commitment. I don't intend on breaking this commitment. I, I almost feel like you know when someone gets married, they're saying you, me, forever, right? Right. This is we're gonna make this work. And I think this is, is something. It's, it's the same in straight edge for someone who isn't doesn't drink like me or hasn't dr- had you know been a, a problem with alcohol or drugs. But it's also the same for someone in recovery, because as far as I know, it's like, okay, no more. I can't handle this. It's not something that's good for me. I, you know, doing it usually ends up in me overdoing it. So it's, this is it. I'm not drinking anymore. Done. I'm making a commitment. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have a group of people who make this commitment and are very committed to it, when you have somebody kind of flip-flopping back and forth all the time, that, that that personal relationship we have with it can sometimes make them feel like you're giving it a bad name. You know, mm-hmm. thing that's really mm-hmm. important to me, you're making it look bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, I think, you know, when, when someone is going into recovery, you're not supposed to keep doing the bad stuff. Like, right. You're not supposed to keep drinking when you're in recovery. I mean, you're, it's, it's not, that's not how it's supposed to work. So I think it's supposed, it's mostly like you're committing to this idea. And if you're committing to the idea, mm-hmm. you're committing to it for the long haul. But if you don't feel that you can commit to it, maybe you need to take a lighter stance on it, right? Like if I, you know, you can't be straight edge this week and then next week, you know, drink a bottle of wine <laughs> or something. That's not how yeah. it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's totally, of course, I totally understand. I think and it's agree the intent. You. If the intent is, this is what I want and maybe I'm human and I, I fail at it or I falter, but I'm going to get back up and I'm going to try it again. And my intent is to stay sober or clean or straight edge. That's a completely different animal than somebody who's just using it as a verb. Yeah, that makes sense too. So I, I definitely agree with you. like 100%. I, I definitely feel that, um, you know, it is a commitment. Like it is one of those things where it's like, I remember like hesitant, you know, being hesitant about it when I was younger and I wanted to because I I really did see, I really did see that the, not necessarily the benefits or it was like, you know, like, I I mean, there are benefits of not drinking and not smoking and, you know, doing drugs and all that stuff. Like there's, there are like clear benefits, but like, I didn't see that as like the factor. It was like, I, I, I was like, oh man, like I just, I saw, I heard the, the edge break people breaking edge and I, and I actually did get into this like fight with a guy at a show because I was smoking a cigarette and he like was part of my conversations of like thinking about it and um he like you know broke my cigarette and punched me in the face and I was like well this is great this, you know, this doesn't <laughs> well I'm edge, sorry like... that they did that to you <laughs> it sounds oh like I mean it's sucks. fine I mean everybody 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 has their thing but I think that's the thing is like there's their um until I was truly ready. And I, and I've, I've, for me, I've only been straight edge for like two and a half years. 
And like, it is a commitment. It is something that I'm like, yep, like this is, this is it. Like I'm, I know that I'm not going to, I know that like, it's it's for me and, and it, it's a personal relationship but i but you're right like i think there's like that I think it's intense. own connection i think it really that we have with it. like it really it really i think it really hinges on intent like i get mm-hmm. i you know i have hundreds of those interviews that people fill out the forms are, are pretty long and i struggle i personally struggle with some of them because i'm reading it and they're they're uh their commitment to what I feel straight edge is, is not the same as what I feel it is. It's like, well, I'm mm-hmm. straight edge as a verb. And, but you know, if I want to have a drink later on, I'll have a drink. And I'm like, well, mm. and, and, you know, my, my gut is like, no, it's <laughs> not yeah. how it works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But again, I don't uh, want to push I mean, anybody yeah. out. I mean, if this is going to bring someone to a place where they, you know, it gives them a little strength or a little comfort or a community that they need to get through a hard time. I don't want to push anybody out. At the same time, I don't want but, to be. Yeah, but then, like what you were just saying, it's like I wouldn't want to like like if somebody was like doing the thing of like, well, I'm straight edge, but <sighs> you know, like it, that's just kind of a yeah. Like I, I mean, I I don't necessarily like. I mean, like those people. Like I would, I would, I definitely feel you. It would be really cringy for. It's too. it's difficult because I don't want to be like, no, you can't, or you can't use. You know, I, yeah. that's not my place. I'm. I, who am I to say who can be whatever? You know, you want to be a unicorn, okay? Like I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have it. What am I going to do? Is send the straight edge police against the out to get you? Exactly. Like that's old skits. Like no, no, I'm. <laughs> come in maybe maybe you'll change your mind you know maybe maybe with having a group of people who who kind of are like-minded you can get a little lift from it a little strength and maybe be like yeah maybe i don't need to do that thing but i yeah i mean yeah it's like <laughs> yeah i definitely feel it like but i that. feel like there's these um, rules so- right like you you you, you there's there are only three of them <laughs> like do we really have to compromise on those base those those basics yeah yeah exactly like if you were gonna like if you're going into this and knowing i mean i guess that's the other thing too i feel like if anybody as an adult going into it it's such different experience than like maybe like going into it when it was created or like when with as a teenager like going into it now i'm like yeah those are three rules that i can do like you know like but like and like not seeing like that there are you know, yeah, there's people who are out there who are, you know, super militant and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's more scary as shit as like. And a how long do those like people a... really like hang around? Like how, how those uh, in my experience, and I'm sure there's a, someone's going to prove me wrong and send me a nasty message or something. But the kids or the adults, not even adults anymore, but if the, ki- the kids that I knew growing up that were super militant, they broke edge a long time ago. You know, it's like that, like the brightest candle burns out, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. they didn't, they, you know, I, I don't know, I, you know, I'm not a, a sociologist or a psychologist, I can't tell you the motives behind it, but it just seems like, you know, slow and steady kind of wins the race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a, like that self-fulfilling prophecy, like if you're saying you're like being that militant person, like you definitely are going to break it at some point, like. <laughs> At some, point. I would, I would, I would well, bet, so I would bet so paper like, money yeah. on it. I would, I would, I would bet real paper money. I would that the most militant people are the most likely to, to fall from grace, if you will. Yeah, 
Oh, for sure. I, I, I knew a kid who was, um, and forgive me, buddy, if you are listening to this, um, his, he got straight edge, like tattooed, like after a few days, like got straight edge, like in like college letters, like tattooed on his stomach with like three X's and then ended up breaking, but he was like super militant about I, it. I knew a girl that like, got like drug free across her chest and then like a week later was drinking and she was like, I said drug free, not alcohol free or something like that. It was just like, well, it's like okay. But the, <laughs> but the whole statement, like no I mean, alcohol free is just such a long thing to fucking say. Like, drug fee is so much easier to like get out there. But yeah. No. Um, okay, so for anybody who doesn't know or listens to this and isn't familiar with straight edge, there's like a very militant side. There's a very like there are bands that have like kind of dedicated a fuck ton of their discography to like being militant um, and like really getting people to like, I don't know necessarily know if it's like coaxing people or if it's like fight, if it's just like straight up fighting music. Um, I don't know <laughs> what it is um, because, okay. So I really love, I really love earth crisis and destroy the machines is a very great, it, it's a really good album. But then I start getting into like further band, like albums of Earth Crisis. I don't know if you've listened to Earth Crisis. I, uh, they're but they're the, not like... my absolute favorite, but okay. I think a prerequisite is that I I am familiar with their discography. Okay, but you know, and then it gets like to like it gets into pretty, you know, like let's burn all the drug dealers' houses down and like burn meth labs and like real like. And so I don't know. And that's where I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, it's on the more, I'm well, not, I think it takes like... on that more extreme end of activism, right? Where people are mm-hmm. so passionate about something that they're willing to do almost anything to, to get their point across. Yeah. Because it's not, I mean, Earth Crisis, it's not just about straight edge, it's about veganism too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the 90s, I mean, that, that, this shit was crazy. I, I remember I, it was early, early 2000s. You know that 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 shit was going down in like Reno and, and Salt Lake and stuff. And uh, I got a call from one of the producers of the Geraldo show, and they were like, "Well, we want to we want to know we want we want to interview you. We want to know all about this." And by the end of the interview, she was like, "Yeah, do you know anybody else?" Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "That's the story of my life. You know, I'm just not extreme enough for anybody." And uh, so I, I said, she's like, well, do you have like lots of visible tattoos? And I'm like, not visible. No. And she was like, well, are you, what do you look like? You know, and I'm like, oh, I have blonde hair and uh, blue eyes. And, you know, I'm, I'm relatively normal. And she was just like, yeah, pass. <laughs> Who else do you know? And so I, I was like, well, I have a friend, you know, he, he's covered in tattoos. She's like, great. And I'm like, yeah, but he's kind of like a preppy. And he's, you know, he wants to be a lawyer. So she talked to him and she was like, yeah, yeah, you're not, I want something like more salacious. I want something that's more, you're more yeah. interesting. So getting it from what, like from people I knew, she wasn't getting what she wanted. And then it went on to air that infamous Geraldo episode, you know, where they, mm-hmm. where they put Carl in a bandana and roughed him up a little to make him look more menacing. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh, just, you know, we, we, I think there are more people that don't fit that mold than do. Mm. well I, I, I yeah i think that's that was one of my uh coming I, I there was a period where i like 
kind of had left hardcore for a little bit and i was just like ah oh, maybe this that was just a phase like my parents said and um but when i came back i remember there was like you know cm punk with his straight edge yeah you know, I don't, that, that just stuff. boggles my mind but yeah come on it does it blew my <laughs> mind too and i was like i was like the fuck like people like there's wrestlers now who are like using that like i mean i'm sure he is like, i don't really know his story but like you know it was like is he using i don't know is he using it as like a prop or some shit but like good for him cool but like it was definitely a different feel than like you know earth crisis like super militant straight like anybody now can i mean before even i mean there's a a totally different experience like for me one of the best things ever was going to albany to like like the qe2 and seeing one king down play that was amazing mm-hmm. it was crazy the energy was insane and people were like just flying through the air and all these people were, were yelling and screaming about the same thing and there's that like energy you know and i was trying to explain it to my daughter the other day and she's just looking at me like i'm, I'm fucking crazy and what? <laughs> <laughs> imagine being in a room with like 50 of, of of your closest friends and everybody's screaming and yelling and the sweaty and there's this music and she's just like no that sounds awful i'm like no it's great i'm telling you it's great oh man <laughs> she's it's just like she's like no 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 mom it's it's for anybody who's not into it it's really weird it's a it it's a very it's a very strange Dude, I don't get goosebumps like, like if I hear something I'm just like oh you know I go right back exactly. and it's just oh yeah but, but that's part of it that was part of being straight edge like you'd go and you'd see your straight edge friends and you'd see your straight edge bands and and, and there was this like almost like tribal connectivity thing happening mm-hmm. and uh and I was really trying like you know my my husband played has been playing in bands forever nothing noteworthy and uh you know, we've brought the kids to see them and they're just like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> like, cool. Like, oh, cool. How, old, how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is 13, uh, 13, 10 and eight. Oh man. Yeah. They're, they're like in that phase where they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like it's not a big Wait, I'm trying to like, I, I you know, funny. being straight edge, I'm like, yo, drinking sucks. Look what it does people you know and my husband still has this sort of nostalgic romantic idea of what he was like when he did get drunk and he's like oh but it's fun i'm like you were an idiot like you were just it was not fun don't listen to him it's not cool and we go back and forth we have this kind of like little tug of war where i'm like guys drugs are bad i mean everybody can agree with you drugs are bad (laughs) you know Oh man, no, I, yeah, I definitely understand that romanticized like version of it. It's yeah, it's it's not, it's not, it's not ever pretty. Like if you, if drunk people are never no. pretty. Like it's not, it's never this beautiful thing. And we're like, oh, remember that one time? I'm like, yeah, I remember that it was fucking awful. Yeah, and, I, and I was sober for it. So who are you gonna believe? <laughs> exactly. You have that. You have the opportunity to be like, oh well, you know, it was. Well, because you know, great. my my husband's a former smoker. He hasn't smoked in years and years. And every, you know, every once in a while we'll walk through and someone will be smoking and he'll just be like, oh. I'm like, how do you find that smell? Why does that smell good to you? It smells awful. He's like, no, it smells great. And I'm like, oh, gross. Like, how did I marry you? Like, this is, this, that's terrible. But. <laughs> it's funny. 
he he might he, he would he would do that with my dad my my dad smoked and and he would just like they'd sit there and after my dad quit they would both like be like oh man i miss it and i'm like oh my god you guys <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i mean that's awesome that you were you at least had that like that like uh, like thing of you of just being like, oh that's disgusting <laughs> i i wish i would have i wish that, like i was i'm a former smoker as well and like i re- remember my i had one significant other who like actually did that the other ones were just like yeah whatever and i'm like i wish you would have been like that <laughs> like just like no like it's gross because smoking is one of the grossest things in the in the universe it's really horrible but it's but... Just funny because i remember um you know all those aa parties that my boyfriend in high school's mom would have and it would just be so you know, chain smokers you know it was just a constant 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 mm-hmm. and it was like just a cloud like a haze you'd walk into but those were those were crazy parties you know yeah i mean they're people sober people i think that's that was a weird thing getting sober in that sense and that's why like it's cool hearing your story is like there is like if you're coming from a party phase or party like a party-ish attitude like you go into this world that there's like there's none of those things that like help you get Mm -hmm. there and you know very true to like most everything it's like yeah you can definitely have fun without drinking and smoking and doing all those you know drugs like it's very very possible and i think that those parties like you know because that that those aa parties and i'm talking they were they were their house would be jam-packed with people in various stages of recovery and you know they had a room down in the basement and that was the band room and there'd be like guys jamming they play music all night long there was a pool table and people were playing pool and everybody was having a really good time so i think it also served to kind of cement in our very young impressionable minds that yeah i mean you totally can have have it all in a way without having the alcohol that's that's awesome i mean like that's the one thing that i my wife is sober as well and so we we um we really want to do that for our kids of just like really solidifying that world that it's like not about drinking and like that. Cause like she came from a family that did drink and I come from a family that didn't. My parents didn't, I mean, they were like super Bible humping Christian Christians who like just didn't do mm-hmm. anything, but it was one of those things that it wasn't like, Oh, if you drink, it's right. bad. It was just kind of, you know, we just don't drink. It's a choice. And I think that, that, that it kind of trips me up still to this day with people. It's just like uh, how, like it is such a, the, the line of like straight edge militancy, like back to that is like, there's a very thin line. Cause it's like a lot of the things that we do and a lot of things that people do as far as like um, addiction and habits and just like the way that our system is set up, like is propaganda and like, set up in a way for us to be marketed to buy these things and like be a part of the mm-hmm. culture and so it just, just is very like surprising to me when people are like yeah i just like never picked up a drink or like i just you know chose to be straight edge and like now like I mean, I, <laughs> like i've just ne- never done it yeah I, it's an interesting place for me to be you know i i don't drink i've never really drank i had one drink once when i was 14 and it was at this girl jenny potter's house and on new year's eve and that was it and um mm. So fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny place to be because here I am. I, you know, I turned 40 last year and I got kids in school and there are all these moms around me and they're all like wine culture. 
everything's mm-hmm. about wine or going to lo- we have a local brewery and everything's about local breweries and you know i go to like my my brother-in-law nice nice guy his wife's nice too nothing against them every kid party they have there's not a bottle of water or a seltzer to be found it's either juice boxes mm-hmm. or booze and i'm like how long have you known me <laughs> like did i at least have like a, a bottle of water a seltzer anything other than apple juice please <laughs> <laughs> you know and they just look at me like you know i'm 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 weird i'm i'm crazy yeah. like when we were when when tim and i got married we got married on a boat in lake george a cruise ship you know cruises around the lake and mm-hmm. his parents had a really hard time with me not drinking and then he wasn't drinking at that time and they're like come on take a shot with us take a shot it's your wedding and he was like no i don't want to drink and it became it was like massive amounts of peer pressure and it was like, no, we had, we had uh, a lot of my friends at the time were straight edge. So we had a bunch of non-alcoholic options and that's what we were drinking. And it was a lot of pressure on him to take shots and, and they just couldn't understand why he didn't want to do it. Hmm. That's, th- yeah, that's interesting. I mean, like we do uh, now, you know, like we're all like, we used to be a, a house that was like, we're going to have like beer, all, all the, the assortments for people. And like now we, I mean, like we've, my wife's been sober for three years and I've been sober for two and a half. And like, we don't do shit like outside of our own family stuff. And it's kind of like weird now that group of people that when people come over, they're like, yeah, you guys aren't going to like have anything. <laughs> like we just have like seltzer. Like we're like, Hey, like here's like six different flavors of seltzer. It and never like, occurs to all me these different- to provide alcohol. And my, mm. my uncles are big drinkers. And when they come for like Thanksgiving, like we had to call my neighbors and get them beer because they were like, mm. what do you mean you don't have beer? And I'm like, why would I have beer? I wouldn't even know what to buy. <laughs> like, I'll give you like piss poor shit. Like if you were to ask me, like, but I'm not going to do it. The only <laughs> like... thing I would have on hand, and this is something that I, I really I struggled with and was really difficult for me was. Uh, it wasn't until I was an adult that my dad became, for all intents and purposes, an alcoholic. And um, he had to have whiskey. And if he didn't have his whiskey, he was really awful to be around. So when he came to visit, if you didn't have a bottle of whiskey, that was a big problem. And so, hmm. you know, I had a bottle of whiskey in there just to keep the peace. But I hated having that bottle of whiskey. And it was, mm. it was really hard. And, and, you know, he basically drank himself to death. I mean, he had uh, esophageal cancer and the doctor said, you know, you got to stop drinking and he just wouldn't do it. And that was it. Wow. And so like, you know, I look at that, I was like, I, I felt like I was enabling, but at the same time I was keeping the peace within our family unit. And it was, it's like, yeah. I mean, I, that's a, that's a hard place to be for sure i mean i've been in that position but like i that's peacekeeping and going against something you don't believe in or like that you have a strong belief against is really hard to yeah i know and i guess like that what that what made it so much easier for me when like they called me and it's like oh well he went out and drove drunk and i was just like well i'll call the police and i did and that he got real mad at me but i called the police on him I, i did not have a problem doing that so i mean you know, I, I, I can understand that struggle. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like having, I, I have no use for alcohol. So why would I keep it around? 
Yeah. Right. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it's a great, it's a great thing to have for, or not necessarily have, cause you're not having any around, but like to not, to like raise your kids in a way. I mean, like, I guess that's the other thing too, is uh, within this question, like within this podcast, like you're not with straight edge. Like it just seems like what you're doing is like building a community for people to connect, but you're not like in that, straight edge mode that is like that militant mind that's like okay like everybody's gonna be fucking straight I don't think edge. that's, that's like, at all realistic to like do that to be to like want to make people no I edge. think I think in, in order for anything if it's people have to come to it on their own terms and mm-hmm. you know me guilting you into it or me forcing you into it, or anybody for that matter it takes away it's it's almost like it's power in a way right like it if something's forced on you you don't really believe in it you're just doing it because you have to and that, and what's the yeah. meaning in that there is there is no there's nothing keeping you there it's, you get the first chance you're gonna bail the same thing yeah. I do with my kids like I don't I mean they 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 know that uh, they have an idea of what straight edge is. They know that uh, that's, you know, mommy doesn't drink and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they don't know. I'm not saying you're going to be straight edge. I want them to come to their own conclusions. I want them to look at it and say, this is the right decision for me. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, it's cool. Cause like, it's like you, I feel like, I almost feel like there, everybody needs to have like, a little bit of a hardcore background because like with hardcore like you're exposed to so much stuff and like you know i have the same exact belief system with my kids and like or and my kids are are like little like they're not they're not anywhere to the age where we're talking about it like my son thinks that it's fun to headbang to music but like you know i feel like there's this level of what I where I am in my life is like I'm not gonna ever force you to do something because I had that happen to me when right. I was a kid and like I don't want that and I feel like within the hardcore community and within that like the, the, the friendships that I've built within it um, and just the lessons that I've learned is like I don't want that to ever be something I want to build for somebody else like I never want to sh- force somebody to be like you have to be straight edge or you have to be sober because I don't do it. But like, it's just like religion, right? It, That's just like saying, you're going to believe yeah. this, and this is how you're going to worship, and these are the things you're going to do. And, and yeah. Well, it's so interesting because it's like that you have that piece of that with like the religious aspect, but then you have like the real like hardcore anti-God, mm-hmm. hardcore bands who are doing the exact same fucking they thing. They can't see the hypocrisy in it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the hypocrisy is is real it's re- i mean i think again i think there's like this level of adulthood that is different i feel like as i've gotten older within all this stuff like i've been able to mature my, like maintain those connections to how i was raised not necessarily how i was raised but like the scene i was raised in but then i like have a different lens and see what i want to produce or allow to like help produce other you know narratives like this rather than like when i was a kid it was just like so fucking militant and so fucking you know um, i didn't even i i i can remember militant stuff like i remember that all swirling around i remember being upset about it i i remember it bothering me but it wasn't until like a few years ago i started revisiting the 
news broadcasts and the articles about it and, and the documentaries. And I was just like, Oh, that was, that was bad. That, that was, mm. why did my parents not like be like, you're not going to be straight edge. Sorry. <laughs> you're not going to be associated with that because they were calling it a gang and people were beating each other up. And there were, you know, it, it, it the, the ambassadors that were out there in front of cameras. And I know it's partially or almost all due to the media, you know, wanting a good story. But it was yeah. it was awful, just yeah. awful. And then what? But when I look back on it, it was fantastic. It was amazing. It was it was this really <laughs> yeah. great fun time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was yeah. No, I, I know. Oh, that I time know. that guy exactly hit that other guy in the face about. and his face exploded and there was blood in the snow. Oh, that was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I I I am so in, on that. Like I. We had our own, you know, we, we had a shooting in one of ours. And it was like, I, I remember, like, I was like, oh, like, a shooting happened. But I'm going to go to a show, like, next mm-hmm. week. Like, it's not, it was, yeah. Looking back on it, like, there's, like, you know, like, that whole romanticized version Absolutely. of it, too. Like, there's, like, you can look at those things and be like, oh, it was, like. And it was, I think it was great and it, good in its own right. But, like, the kinds of things that, like, because that were happening were really fucked up. Right. They weren't good at all. <laughs> they were not good at all. But like, but I think like there's like what I'm saying, what my argument with this is like, is that there's like a level of how like, I, w- I want to be able to take the, like not necessarily those experiences, but like how help formulate a positive, a more positive hardcore mm-hmm. scene or straight edge scene or like connect those kinds of dots because it was like it was i guess good as a memory but like fucked up as like a reality of like the 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 actual you know fact that these things happened and that i've heard like and i'm sure you have your you know number so i mean it goes within every community but there's like i feel like the hardcore community itself is very small and close and i think the straight edge you know, community is even smaller <laughs> oh yeah you start yeah you start dipping into the you get into that then it's like i mean uh, my concern it, is is there enough left to have that next wave come through and i really wonder i mm-hmm. wonder is there going to be like i completely expected when because i was like i have all this material i have all these years of all this writing and all these thoughts about straight edge and I'm going to bring it back mm-hmm. if for nothing else, just to have it preserved, you know, when I was bringing mm-hmm. ex-sisterhood X back up and what I was completely expecting there to be this crop of young people telling me, go home. You're old. You don't know what you're talking about. We've got this. And I haven't found them yet. I, mm. I was really in, in a way I thought that would just be awesome to have these kids just tell me you're irrelevant. Yeah. You know, you, you, your time, you're done. You're done. You're done. But they're, where are they? I, I want them to, I want them to come up. I want there to be a bunch of kids with a lot of excitement and, and ideas and they want to change the world for the better. And I don't know where they are. That's why you need to do what you do. I mean, like it's, you're right. Like you're definitely definitely like I here in phoenix like we have a good scene and like arizona we have a good hardcore scene we have a bunch of good hardcore bands 
and some straight edge bands that are or like a new straight edge band that just came out and it's really exciting but it's like there's that level of when i've gone to shows before you know covid and all this other shit um i would see people like i don't know like the the energy of the 90s early 2000s was like still there and like the energy that was like the negative energy the like the energy that was just like the hitting i mean like that's part of i mean of i live it. in I'm connecticut definitely... i know all about that <laughs> yeah i mean i get it. like like i definitely like i get it because it is a part of it moshing is a part of our mm-hmm. culture it, it, it is it is a part of the culture getting the wind knocked out of you is a part of like, it's in there but it was like the the energy of just like not really like like the straight edge like the the straight edge bands that that i did get to see before the pandemic hit was like the the excitement for the straight edge people was like the same three or four straight edge mm-hmm. kids every time and it was just like uh, when i was a kid it was just like you know a sea of street straight edge kids you know like you would have bands roll through like straight edge bands roll through and they'd like it would just be like all these kids from out you know out of towners all these people I, from... when i when i when i started college in the early yeah. 2000s i mean my first semester i didn't meet anybody and by the end of the year i had like a a core group of friends and we were all straight edge and mm. we all worked at the radio station and we were all going to shows all the time and it was and all we talked about ad nauseum was music and straight edge and playing halo but oh. uh <laughs> i mean yeah that's that that definitely is that time period too just like <laughs> everybody's sitting at one tv and like just playing games together yeah. <laughs> or being on the network and playing like counter-strike you know <laughs> yep <laughs> i was oh my god i was just telling i was talking there the, i work with three kids right now and like they're uh, just kind of helping them through their homeschooling um, or their online school for the year from um, COVID. And um, the other, they like love talking to me about like the olden days. You know, like, my You're dude, I'm, like, not that old, <laughs> but okay. And like, we were talking about, we were talking about like how we used to play with other people, like on video games. And I was just like, well, like, there's, you know, a console and like they would have four controllers and we'd all sit here like in front of a TV. Green would be each other on the other screen. <laughs> exactly. Like we were not like cheating and then like in the and just like the look on their faces of just like what I was talking about. They're just like, what the fuck? Like they wouldn't say that to me, but I could tell like their little like eight year old, nine year old minds were just like, this is insane. Like your your childhood is is, is well is my, crazy. my daughter likes so. to play video games. Uh, a lot and uh she has all these like online friends and i'm always telling her that they're all perverts and they're probably old men and you know and if i'm like if if they ever send you a dick pic you gotta let me know you know and uh she's just like i I play a lot of video games you know i i i'm i i'm a fallout person i'm a bethesda game i love bethesda games and she'll be like mom how do you know that i'm like well i'm not i'm not like ancient like you gotta remember, I grew up playing video yeah, games. Like, no, these like I, I had the first Xbox, Gwen. I had an Atari. You know, come on. Yeah. The other day, like I got a, a notice on Discord. She's like, "How do, how do you know about Discord?" I'm like, "How do you know about Discord?" <laughs> She's like, what, "What are you doing on that?" I'm like, "What are you doing on there? What? How do you? How do you? How, what? And, you know?" And it's like this back and forth where she just can't believe that I can 
you know, do anything because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, to her, you're ancient, like ancient. And like I have you, no idea what's yeah. going on with anything. Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so funny because like the fallout, I, I laugh because it's funny. It's like, yeah, like fallout. I'm a huge fallout fan too, but like fallout came out like a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> like, like you're like, there's a reason why there's like four and then there's like, there, there's a reason for that. Like, it's not just like they came up with the name. Like, there was a bunch of other ones mm-hmm. before. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I'll get I I I. There are interviews with me in a couple of books, and so every once in a while, someone will send me a message, and I do. I I have they're at home with me during the day, for homeschool for this COVID stuff, and so I'll be working on stuff at the table with them. She's like, "Who are you talking to?" Oh my gosh, girl, why is she texting you? Why is she sending you messages? I'm like, "Oh, she read this thing in a book." What book? You're in a book? I'm like, you know I'm in books, Gwen. I'm like, she's like, why would she want to talk to you? I'm like, I don't know, Gwen. I don't know. She's like, well, why would she want to talk to you about anything? Why are you even in a book? Why do they even care? I'm like, Jesus, Gwen, come on. Give me a break. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Ugh. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I like want to have those conversations. Like, I want my son to grow up to that level of like just asking me random questions. But then I'm also like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm like, why don't you go read the book? You have it? I'm like, you know I have it. They're in the study. She's like, I don't know if I want to read your book. I'm like, well, it's not my book, Gwen. It's... <laughs> I'm just like... like... Oh, well, on that, what book are you in? Oh, there's a, there's that, uh, the Gabriel Kuhn one. And then there's the uh, Ross, Ross Kenfler, I think you say it. The, uh, there's a couple of them. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you should actually read them. I, 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 well, you should read the book for the content. I'm not sure that my, okay. I have not revisited them in a long, uh, long, long time. And okay. I'm not sure my interviews aged well, but I'm, I'm sure they captured a very particular moment in time. I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, so I, I think, okay, uh, um, one was, um, I think, it, yeah, sober. I think it's the sober living book, and then oh, cool, uh, yeah. the clean living book. I think have stuff in it. Uh, yeah. But um, I I was actually gonna be in a documentary once, but they cut me out at the end. Said right at the end, oh. <laughs> it was not a hit to my ego at all. Um, <laughs> not not no, at all. No. It, I I did not feel completely rejected <laughs> when that happened in the slightest. Uh. Um, even after I was in the the trailer, after I... <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's like <laughs> that's like a real blow. Oh my ego. god! I I you know <laughs> you know I I'm a grown up now. <laughs> I mean, I was a grown up then too, uh, but yeah, it was that was rough. That was a rough time for me. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. That's. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I definitely. You know when imagine. you like you, you're well, promoting something, helping promote something, and they're like, "Look, here's the trailer," and I'm in it. And at the last minute, they're like, "You know, we decided you didn't really like fit, oh. so we cut you out." And I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> like that's." They're that's like, "We're going to send you a copy of the DVD, though." I was like, "Thanks, thanks, guys." Well, I I don't want to be. I don't want it. I I didn't. Like, I didn't watch it. I did. I didn't watch it. No. They're like, "Well, you're in the extended footage," and I'm like. I've never, I've never yeah, actually watched it. I don't, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, I actually do have the I do have this the sober living one, so I'm gonna have to try to find you. I don't know what, if you have the page, but I'll I'll look. I mean, for I'd you have now. to look in the book, and I'm not. I don't have the book with me. I'll look at. It. I mean, whatever. I'll get it tonight. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I'm sure back. it's great. I'm sure I didn't. I didn't use big words or sound like a total idiot at all. <laughs> okay. Great. Awesome. I will definitely have to check it out. Um. So, got a couple more questions for you. Um. So now we're we're gonna scale back a little bit. Go back to like the beginning of this. So you got became straight edge when you were 15. Right. Uh, started listening to hardcore punk um you ran like at the hardcore station um what shaped your beliefs when you were when you were younger or even now like i think like you were saying like we were talking about earlier is like there are some like real militant fans and that's a bunch of them but like what helped with helped shape what you are today well I, I I don't actually have like a very concise answer for that. I, I think that, you know, that period of time when I was growing up and seeing my friends kind of self-destruct um, and mm-hmm. seeing uh, just even just being around uh my boyfriend's family and, and hearing their stories. Cause you know, we would go to the ceremonies when they would get their coins and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and just seeing how destructive uh, and how, how destructive excess can be mm-hmm. um, really left like a, a mark on me. Like, I, I think that I was just like, I don't want, I, you know, and, and, and to be completely honest, I was a good kid. I didn't, I got good grades I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't, I didn't like, um, want to party, but I also had this kind of, um, piece of me that was kind of like, fuck the system. And I Mm. think that's where that punk rock kind of thing spoke to me because it was like, well, I'm a girl. I can do that. You know, why can't I do that? And everybody was always telling me, well, you're a girl. You need to be afraid. You're a girl. You can't do that. You're a girl. You can't do this. And I was like, I can do that. I can do like my dad would always be like, well, you can't walk home because you know, you're a girl. And I'm like, my brother's six years younger mm-hmm. than me. and He's doing it. He goes, well, he's a boy. He can do that. And I just thought that was just so wrong. So I've always had this little piece of me that is kind of anti, I don't know, establishment or anti the way things are. And uh, when, when straight edge was like, well, you don't have to be like them. And I was like, you're right. I don't. I don't have to do any of that. I don't. And at the same time, you know, I thought, well, I was getting into this alternative kind of scene. It was eye opening in a way, in a way like, oh, it's just like a microcosm of everything else. But you still have the same misogyny. You still have the same nonsense. And uh, but it doesn't. And I think it just made me want to carve out a piece just for for me, for, you know, people like me. It's like no, you don't have to. You can you can enjoy this. I can I, I can be straight edge. I can listen to whatever music I feel like listening to, and, and you know, and I think that's why I started. I did a bunch of stuff. I it was silly and, but it was you know, I don't have a concise answer for how to do. 
that makes a lot of sense i mean i think i think that's like uh, i i don't think that's like a, a lot of people but i think that like there's i think that the when you grew up because you're you're a little bit older than me but like when you grew up there was like it was like the 90s well yeah because i straddled the excess of the 80s into that like shit storm of the 90s you know yeah and i think that's really true of my entire generation right we had rotary phones and the internet Mm -hmm. so we had these like weird experiences you know where i grew up with my uncles just drinking all the time and me being like that's gross I mean that's super cool that you are have been this like like OG for all of it. Like that's it's really cool. I mean, do you think do you think music straight like any like music shaped what you believed or how you felt cuz I feel like there are some like you know, there are like the standard straight edge anthems that people have that are like, "Oh, this is like I know, can't." You got to listen to my gotta do this and you gotta you know well i can't separate straight edge from the music and i know there are plenty of people that do that have found the idea of it and it's resonated with them and they can't fucking stand hardcore right they don't they they would never throw on a youth crew album they would you know they, it's just not something that they're just like no and they're still like they um are committed to that i those ideas right those ideals but i can't mm. separate personally the music from straight edge because the, the music was the vehicle. The music was the way it, it how it got into you, right? Like how it, it became part of you. When you go to a show, you're with your friends, you guys are all doing the same thing. And there's this idea of straight edge and it, there's this excitement and all of a sudden it becomes so entwined. And so I can't think about being straight edge without my friends and hardcore shows mm-hmm. and the bands that were really just like, so intense screaming and yelling about this thing that they believed in or not at this point but um you know and it, it, it really i think to to a younger me or even you know it resonated it was like what is this this is so exciting this is so interesting and they're they're so passionate about it and that passion i think kind of wears off on you right when someone's passionate about something and interested you you become more interested right like it's like well if they're just passionate about it there's got to be something to it and if they can you know they don't seem boring they're making music and having fun why can't why can't i do that hmm. yeah i i i agree with you wholeheartedly on that I mean, you can disagree <laughs> like with definitely... me at any point too <laughs> no 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 i do agree with you i i i mean like i I've had, I've had many, I guess, for the lack of a better term, like a, like come to Jesus moments in my life of like, oh, like, like I'm like this, like I want it, like straight edge is, is a commitment that I want to make. And, um, you know, I wasn't like a raging alcoholic or a raging drug addict, any of that stuff, but like I was drinking on and off. And like, I, I feel like, the times that I wasn't listening to hardcore and I was having this like, com- like idea of commitment in my brain, I was just like, well, like I could be straight edge. Cause like, I knew that from growing up and every time I would bring that up in my system, it was just like, I could not um, separate all the hardcore elements of, mm-hmm. of it. 
at all. Like there was just like, oh, well, like, you know, like now that I'm, if I'm going to do this and like, you know, I got to like, you know, be hardcore again or like be a part of the scene again or something. You definitely will and have was... to wear university style X's on everything you own. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything. I have, I have university style X's on the back of my car. Yeah, so I... thank you. You're not the only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I own I mean, a sticker gotta, like, shop. Gotta... I can make whatever I want. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm. I might have bought from you. It's very possible that I bought these. <laughs> um, they are die cut. If you do die cut, you know stickers. I do. But it... it's very. It's so fucking possible that I bought these stickers. <laughs> Doesn't <up>. matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really hard to. It was really hard for me to separate that. So I definitely. I can't. I know other people can. I can't. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. It's one a, of the questions a, on that one... that big interview that we do is, you know, do you think that they have they're intertwined? Do you believe that you have to? Is it can you separate it from the music? Can can straight edge exist without the music? I mean, yes, but in a weird way. Is like it, for me, I could see the. Sober? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it, there's and so much the of it. What's the difference between being sober and being straight edge? Mm. Hey, man, you're just like hitting some real. I, 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 you know what? I get on my headset. I play 76 with my husband and a couple friends, and I'll just be like, "So, I have these thoughts about straight edge," and they just all are like, "Oh." Like, Where are we going? <laughs> and I'm like, can this and this and they're just like, can you just stop? And I'm like, well, who else am I going to talk to, guys? Like, <laughs> I mean, but it, but you do make okay, but you they answer those questions like as points. Like, yes, I, I think, I think for straight edge existing without the music, I think it's possible. I think it's weird. It's like it's a really weird thought to me because hard like straight edge was a response to something and it was like it was born out of out of out of out of the scene so it, it's hard to like i don't know that's a hard one that's a real i, I could see it exists well, straight edge is a funny the, thing too because the people that were involved in it early on are kind of like i didn't even intend for this to happen yeah, yeah, for <laughs> the sure. most reluctant for sure they're like, yeah, like they're just like please stop asking me questions about this it, i'm just i'm can we, can we talk about something else? Like you've exhausted my my engines for this. Like I can't. Or if I yeah, have to answer I mean, one it, more question about caffeine, I just, I just, I can't. <laughs> I quit. Like no more. <laughs> um, oh, that's yeah. It's. I, I think again, it goes back to the point. It's like everybody talks on their own, like almost like their own zing to it, and it's. Dude, there's a there's some... a guy on YouTube that's like to be straight edge means you never masturbate. Orgies are fine, but no masturbation. That's and so I'm like, weird. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I was mean, like, what the hell? I mean, that like is how weird. Is orgy, as... How are orgies okay? Like, how do you? Wait, where like, is this? I can't. I can't even. I can't. It's like, you know, if you're gonna be yeah, straight, that's, edge, that's... you gotta be extreme. I'm like, I hope this is a joke. I hope this is just somebody. This is a parody. And I'm like, and then I came to the conclusion that it probably wasn't a parody. And I was just like, oh, this is this is awful. <laughs> that's so weird though like why would anybody yeah i mean oh, I, 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, there's like there's like I have so many questions for this. Person. I mean, if there's, I guess you know, you have something that's decentralized and is created with no de facto leadership or council making mm. rules, then anybody can make the rules. Anybody, any time, can be like, well, this, this is what it is. Why? Because I. But said I think so. that's the hardest part of it. I think it's the hardest part of that is like you have these, you have people who are like that, like bring it to the the militant side, and you bring it to the like the fucking insane orgy side and it's like yeah like you it, nobody nobody sat down and was like here like the fucking 10 commandments of straight edge don't do any of this shit this is the only thing all you, you can have do is this, like so, 30 something the- second song and everybody interprets it differently even though it's really fucking straightforward <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, exactly. I'm like, I really don't understand weird. where all this interpretation is coming from. It's pretty, pretty clear to me. But okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you listen to if you listen to it to re- on repeat, like it's gonna be it's the same fucking. And then if you, if you like, read it's... any interview, it's the same. It's like this is what was happening. This was my response. Mm-hmm. It's it. I yeah. never intended for anybody to give a shit whether or not you go to the doctor and get prescribed medication, like. That's a question people have. Like a doctor prescribes you legitimate therapy for something and you're going to say, oh, oh, I'm straight edge. I can't take it. That's a yeah. I mean, I think that there's, I think that there's like some part of it that's like, like I remember the way, the way I was presented all this information when I was younger was like, um, you know, if, if it's like something that gives you a head change, like you can't do it. And I was just like, well, but then that like leaves like a lot of fucking shit open of like, okay, so like if I'm hurt and I desperate, I do need these like painkillers or whatever it is like, and I get a head change from it. Did I like break edge? Like there's there's so many questions that like can arise. And from, again, like, without like the count, the great council of straight edge, you're not gonna get this. I mean, there should be. <laughs> God no, please. That sounds absolutely no, that's, that's... awful. But you know, there are people that have I mean, anointed yeah, themselves good. that. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I just remember. Yeah, it's 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 hard because like I feel like there needs to be more music like that. Like I feel like nowadays it's there's. I feel like there's like a new generation of hardcore and straight edge hardcore that's coming out. That's like, it's it's like that subtle straight edge like it's there but it's not like i'm gonna fucking change your goddamn life like it's like we're straight edge and that's what we claim to be as a mm-hmm. band or um, maybe one member but like, will be not- and it, it'll be more yeah. i i think what happened with me it's more i'm i'm kind of terribly normal in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know i'm not necessarily extreme in any kind of aspect in my life at all and I think a lot of people who end up sticking with straight edge are exactly like that. They, yeah, no, like very, yeah. Uh, you know, normal. They're, you know, they don't dress in extreme. They don't do extreme. They don't have to. You don't have to. You know, but it's the extreme ideas that get the most attention. But there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of us really boring, normal straight edge people that exist. <laughs> there, there are a lot. <laughs> I I believe that every single one of my straight edge friends is boring as hell. Like just normal fucking life, and you know maybe look like some of them have like tattoos like I do. But it's I mean is that even extreme? Like that's not even extreme. No, not anymore. Like back in the day, definitely right. was more like 
a little edgy. Um, so what are you listening to now? So if you were uh, to pick up something, is there anything? I mean, this can be like hard. Well, that, see, this is this not. is the question that I had. I was like, oh no, how do I answer this? Because, um, again, I, I think most of us tend to go back, like, kind of find a place in music and kind of stick there for a while. And don't like I, I do try to listen to new music, but I'm I'm a little bit all over the place. No, I was talking okay. to my friend uh, Mark, who works with me, who's also uh, straight edge. I'm like, I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> so you know, it's, if it's if we're gonna be honest, it's cuckoo kangaroo with my eight year old. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, cuckoo kangaroo. And- roller coaster and the dinosaur and superhero and, and the pizza and everybody yep, poops you yep, know um yep, and if yep. it's if i'm with my older daughter it's gonna be like some awful mumble rap and like some <laughs> oh, she does she's like obsessed with imagine dragons and i'm like yo gwen singer for imagine dragons look at his hands she's like what i'm like there are x's on his hands gwen she's like she's like oh are you kidding me i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I totally forget that Imagine Dragons. <laughs> so I like blew her mind with that. But then my awesome. my my middle kid, Quinn, she's feisty, right? She'll listen to Bikini Kill, and I'm just like, yes, thank you, yes, this works. But uh, nice. personally, it's all mood. Like, uh, you know, some days I'm just gonna put some Portis head on and and not want to deal with anybody, yeah. you know, or. Nice. You know, I grew up in a house with a lot of blues music, so maybe I'll listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Or one day I'll, you know, I'll get stuck and I'll be listening to, like, that new Power Alone, I think is awesome. And I, oh, I so good. really, that Rather Be Alone track, I, I you know, I, I, I like it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. but if I'm going to go back, you know, if the stuff that gets me really nostalgic, it's, it's going to be like, like 108 and one came down and maybe some stretch armstrong or you know oh man you know most precious blood that kind of crap but you know i i am legitimately all over the place like you know i'll even i'll even listen to what's that um arctic monkeys i I like them for some reason like (laughs) guilty pleasure yeah like definitely catch i mean like i think that's what's great about I think when I was younger with hardcore and straight edge music, it was like, this is my shit. I'm going to listen to it all the time. Like I still listened. I had like a hefty amount of my stuff is definitely hardcore, Mm -hmm. but then like, you know, I listen, I mean, like, again, I have a kid. So like we listen to like super simple songs, like on all I eat or all these tacos, that taco song. Yep. Oh man. The The taco taco song. song. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, they're like I, I'm like this could be a whole different conversation because I'm like these are these people like legit like and I think they are like I genuinely think that they're like these weird dudes. Well, Cuckoo like, you know, like, definitely they're... ironic in their own way. So yeah, oh for sure they've like definitely. I mean they definitely know that that's like a marketing. Like, yeah, they wear yeah. fanny packs uh, like <laughs> so great, <laughs> so great um yeah so i mean like i i definitely feel it's like all over the place i think as you get older music changes and you kind of just don't have to like i mean i i feel like hardcore i feel like hardcore it's in its own right and the straight edge scene and it's like and it's as its own beast of like you know 
if you are in the scene, it's not just like, oh, like I like a person who listens to ACDC or in rock. It's just like, oh, I'm listening to like I like rock and that's it. Whereas like hardcore kids are like die like from my experience or like die hard. Like this is what I fucking listen to. It's like my identity. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not always in the mood. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. I think it's different now. I think it's way different now than I was. But like when you're in the scene, like there's like this the hardcore scene and the straight edge scene is like its own. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been as passionate about music as I am with the hardcore. Like oh, any yeah, other yeah. music. No, I, I will like always it. go back to it. I, you know? I always have a piece of me that's like, you know, even though I'm, you know, 40, uh, uh, it's like still a hardcore kid at heart. Yeah. I mean, like I'll listen to like, like anytime, like once a month, at least once a month, I'll like throw on, um our lady of annihilation from most precious blood one of my favorite fucking albums like ever and i will listen to that and it's like and it just gets me going but i'm like you know it's it's that thing like that has kind of like encapsulated like my, a lot of my like hardcore parts of like life but well, like, <clears throat> I, I can remember when if you and this being from new york this thing is like i remember very very clearly sitting in my boyfriend's bedroom with his bandmates when the when bloodlust revenge came out uh my one came down and i remember listening to it on one of those like obscenely large boom boxes and all of us being like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 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 and we just all sat yeah. there like on his twin bed listening and it was like do you hear the drums oh my god it's so heavy you know (laughs) and i I remember that moment so clearly you know and it's just like (laughs) i I, it stuck with me it just it just stuck with me and so whenever that i hear that that album come on i'm just i'm brought back to that moment and I think that's what happens yep. with hardcore yep. is you you make that connection. So when you hear that that most precious blood song, you are brought back to that time you were at that one show, oh, and sure. all of a sudden everything just floods back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I, but I feel like for some reason with hardcore, like there is that. Um, I guess like there's just so much going on. Like there, like it's not like hardcore is like. It's not, it's just not like music, going what, to like a stoner rock show. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> Everyone's just like kind of like nodding know. their like, head like... real slowly. <laughs> a little bit different oh, yeah. of an I... experience. <laughs> oh, for sure. I I remember I went to. Um, do you know? Are you familiar with the band Red Fang? Vaguely. Okay, so they're like a stoner rock ish band from Oregon, and like I got free tickets from my record store go and i went and like i before that i had like just seen like power trip and like something else the same exact venue and like uh, i remember going and like just like not knowing like like seeing the amount of head banging versus like the amount of just like people living this like chaotic lifestyle was just insane to me like i like the people the calmer people were like freaking me out i was like this doesn't make any sense like, well, my husband was in, this, was in this band. He's he's no longer in it. And they were this kind. They call they like to consider themselves outsider hardcore. And it's they have this kind of obsession with um, being drunk and pornography all the time. 
which was like a really odd place for me to be because I would always be like, I, I don't, this doesn't resonate with me at all. And then, you know, so I would go to a lot of like his shows with the other bands that they were playing with. And I would just be like, I don't, I don't get this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's loud. It's fast. It's kind of thrashy and a little bit of hardcore elements. And I mean, really loud. Like their thing was to be as loud as possible. But I, you know, my, my friend Mark, I mentioned earlier, we went on, uh, I hesitate to call it tour. It was like a long weekend um, with them. And the two of us were just like, I don't get it. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Everyone's looking at like MD 2020, whatever that stuff is, like bum wine. And then we're just yeah, like, yeah. huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, I mean, like, it's, I can imagine, like, I have friends who are like super into fish and like oh, jam band that's stuff rough. like that. And I'm like, it's rough. It's it is rough. You don't want to like, invalidate like, them dude, at the like, same time. You're like, Whew. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, my songs are like that I like are like a minute to two minutes tops. Well, like for what that's everybody's got ADD. As much as... You know? <laughs> exactly. All of us have ADD. That's the real big problem. Is like all the hard. I think. I think most. I think maybe the, uh, how to wager. You know, we have these experiences at this. You know, go to a show and there's a ton of adrenaline. It's like kind of going on a roller coaster, and it just cements that feeling oh, yeah. in you. So then, from that point on, you just associate it oh, for sure. with that, like, you know, I guess, for lack of a better word, high. Right? You 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 feel this excitement, this energy, yeah. uh, and then from that point on, you're just like, well, that's why it's so amazing. And then you you put it on for somebody else yeah. who's never I mean, been to a hardcore yeah. show, and they're like. Uh, this is objectively terrible. <laughs> yeah. I took my, my, this is like getting way off topic, but like I took my uh, ex-girlfriend to a hardcore show, like her first, like she had like gone to like a couple of like pop shows before, but like I took my ex-girlfriend to like a hardcore show and it was Folsom and um, Lion, oh, what's that? Lion's Band. I don't remember their name anymore. Um, Lionheart. And a couple of like just like brutal, you know, hardcore bands. And I remember going into the pit and like I like looked at her and she like waved at me and I waved at her and I just like got like demolished by something. I can just picture it. it. Yeah. I it was just like it was like one of those like shitty movies where Uh like you see like people lock eyes. But then I felt like kicked in the stomach and like fell to the ground and like somebody picked me up and like you know, she was, I went over to her, she was, like, freaking out, because, like, it was, like, her first entry to this. I think we had maybe gone to, like, a Newfound Glory mm-hmm. show maybe a few months before, but then, like, I really wanted to go to a fucking hardcore show at the YMCA, like, just, like, you know, real fucking hardcore shit, not any kind of big venue, yeah. and it was just not, <laughs> she was not into it, and from the like yeah, hardcore is not for me. I, I like, remember all right, we went well, to Converge like, at I the Chance in Poughkeepsie, and my husband is—he likes to jump around and, and act like a dumbass. And he decided he was just gonna like run across the stage and then just jump. And so he does that, and I watch him run, and I watch him jump, and then I just watch the crowd part, <laughs> and then I just watch him slam onto the ground, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, I was like. <laughs> I I can totally picture that too because I've had that happen to me so many times where I'm just like 
there's like the crowd typically has like maybe one or two people or one or two people who can like get the pass to do it because it's like unexpected but then after like a certain amount of people they're like oh i fucking know like i'm fucking done like i'm not gonna get jumped and i was on. just like oh man that sucks to be man and they do that all the time <laughs> so and then he just bitched yeah. about his old man's yeah. shoulder for like a I month after. And I'm like, you are you ever gonna get it. over Wait. that? <laughs> I'm like, you're. I just, I say to him, I'm like, you're like just. Maybe, too old I mean, it's to a good story to tell. Shows. Like you're telling it. Uh, no, I mean, there's a pandemic. Do you still so go to hardcore shows? <laughs> none to go to. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, there would, have, you know, <laughs> if it, I. It, because I get saddled with uh, watching the kids most of the time, it's few and far between. But now that they're a little bit older, we do get to go out more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when nice. they were little, well, I mean, I, yeah, I was again, like, no, I can't leave and, them. Yeah, I have to be stuff. with them. That's my job. You know, I had a very big sense of like, no, this is where I'm supposed yeah. to be. Um, but now that they're bigger, I have no problem dumping them with my sister. Yeah. And, uh, because, you know, they're not going to give her a hard time. No one's in diapers. Nobody's missing oh, no. me. You know, <laughs> they're like, I'll see you later, mom. Go to hell. Bye. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, we can't we can't play Xbox. That's all I want to do is play Xbox, you know, all day long. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I might because well, I would go and, you know, Tim um, would play yeah. out fairly often. Yeah. I mean, he's always trying to do something. So, you know, go see his band play. Mm. Which again wasn't necessarily my thing, but it's still live music. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, music to me, music is music at the end of the day. Um. So, last question is: Is there anything that you would like to promote? Obviously, would you like to keep promoting well, I mean, Sisterhood I, I X or anything else like nonprofits? Any kind of? I think the best thing, like honestly, as a small business owner. I think you should support the businesses in your community, right? Like, I think you should really try to think about, like, all the people like me who are, like, holding it together right now and be like, well, what, when do I have opportunities to kind of, you know, give back mm-hmm. to my community? You know, uh, the only other thing I would say is um, a guy used to work for me, for all the vegans out there. He does that compassion clothing company. You know, um, that's pretty cool. His name's Andy, Andy Tabar. Oh, cool. And then my other thing would be you should probably donate to your local animal shelter. Because that's, I am not. Nice. Are you vegan? But, oh, sorry. That that came off mm-hmm. of just like, no thinking of hardcore and thinking of like Earth Crisis and being like, oh, I gotta like, I know, I'm sorry. I, bro- I, I broke your podcast. After 109 minutes, let's. <laughs> I ruined it. It's no one's okay. gonna listen it's ever totally... again. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, yes. They'll be like, "Oh, you're back to normal." Thank God. <laughs> no, they will. They will. <laughs> um, if you can do me a favor, could you send me those links either in like Instagram or like uh, just through text? And I mean, yeah, I, can, and it, from I a could put those also point, if anybody on, uh, in the show notes. Stickers, that'd be cool. I'm happy to make them. <laughs> I'm cool. terrible yeah, at self-promotion in that way. I'm always like, oh, I feel like send such an that asshole. To me after. Like, telling people that I actually have a business that's supposed to make money. But... Well, awesome. Thank you so much for talking and just, I mean, like, a lot of this was, I, I feel like I have, I do have, like, core listeners who listen to Hardcore and Straight Edge and 
all that stuff. Well, I just, it was great talking to you about all of that. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's really cool to hear your experience and just listen to your story. Um, but I'll definitely have to now <laughs> check you out. Pretty hilarious that you have that, that I have. <laughs> like, I'm going to go find it. And now I'm going to have to, like, <laughs> I definitely, I was like, I was looking at it earlier today. I was like, I really need to read this again. And now I'm like, okay, well, now I, I got to look like, I think in that one it's <laughs> like pretty small. But it's there. Blurb. Like... But... Oh, okay. great. <laughs> nice. Maybe I'll but take I a picture it... and tag you. Like, again, I hope it does well. <laughs> Can you make it look artsy? Can it you put a filter on if it? it? it you, <laughs> just know that if I don't have it, I will put a filter I'm sure on it. Or maybe a, like, I don't know, put like a little like, face or something fine. on it. I can live with it. I'm yeah. old now. It's fine. I was young. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you.